Here we go, Soul Fam. Let us embark on this beautiful new Ceremony Circle podcast voyage together. For anyone new here, I am your host, shaman, and author of the best-selling book, Animal Power, Allison Charles. And today you get to meet one of my dearest friends. Her name is Mariah K. Lyons, and she is an internationally renowned crystal educator, Reiki master, intuitive, Western herbalist, and healing artist. She is also the founder and CEO of Astara, a sustainable luxury crystalline grounding footwear company based in the U.S., and she's also the author of a book I love called Crystal Healing for Women, a modern guide to the power of crystals for renewed energy, strength, and wellness. Now, I don't know too many people out there who don't have at least one crystal in their home. I know that I've had many wild activations, out-of-body and healing experiences with them myself, but I wanted to hear straight from a true expert. Now, we talk about what are a few main crystals we should be working with for this year and why. And then we go into listener questions. For those of you who are a part of the community over on my Instagram at I am Allison Charles, you know, with some of the guests, I pose the question to you. What do you want to know? And then your questions can get answered right here live during the episode. Some of you asked uh, some real true gems, no pun intended, but we selected many of your crystal inquiries, including where can I find ethically sourced crystals? How exactly do crystals work? What are your favorite experiences with crystals? What are some proper cleansing techniques and much more? Can we dive into the aforementioned crystal infused shoe line she founded called Astara? I have a couple pair myself and wow, they are truly so beautiful and grounding. We explore where that idea came from and how she has managed to integrate ancient healing practices with sustainable design. And then we close with one of my all-time favorite ceremonial practices. It's an incredible three crystal activation meditation that I personally deeply felt, and that is all I'm going to say about that. So let's dive into crystal land, shall we? With author, educator, and healing artist, and a dear sister of mine, Mariah K. Lyons. Okay. All right. Hi. Hi. Thank you for joining me. It is so nice to be here. So great to be sitting here with you and me and Luke's little cookie girl. She's so content on your lap. Her eyes, she's all, I call that her medicine face. Oh, I'm her, just loving her. Yeah, she's such a little sweetheart. And for everyone listening, you might not know, but... Our dog, Cookie, had surgery. Yeah, I'm talking about you, little girl. She had surgery last week. I found a lump on her tummy, and it was quite, uh, you know, had a little adventure that was confronting, but thankfully the, the lump, the results came back benign, and they removed it, and she's all good to go and on the mend, but she is sitting on Mariah's lap and just really enjoying her energy right now. Yes, yes. So I would imagine that some of your glorious shining energy comes from your deep connection to your crystal friends. Yes. And I would love to start with understanding because I remember the moment that I had my crystal initiation or my first crystal activation. Like I remember where I was. I remember the crystal. It was my first out-of-body experience. And so it made me want 
wonder what was your first activation with our crystal friends? Mm. There's two specific times in my life that I remember. One, I grew up in Utah. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in the mountains in Utah. And it's a really mineral-rich location. Okay. Lots of metals. We have copper. We have silver flanking where I grew up. Tons of quartz in the mountains. Lots of red barrel and lots of mineral deposits. Okay. And we used to go to rendezvous on the local reservations growing up. And there were tons of crystals and arrowheads and all of these things that we would bring home. And I just remember always being so fascinated and loving them and collecting them and sleeping with them under my pillow. And there was just this really magical, mystical quality to them that I always registered and resonated Mm -hmm. with from a really young age. I love that you too got some of your early transmissions from being on reservations because that's what happened for me as well oh, wow. in New Mexico. Oh, wow. My family lives there and my uncle, who I love dearly, my uncle Ron, he would take me as a young girl to oh, the reservations. Wow. I love that. And so in hindsight, looking back, you know, I know that that was one of the, the mm-hmm. layers that helped me come home to myself. But anyways, continue. I love that. And then it wasn't until really in my early 20s when I started meditating with my specific teacher in LA and just exploring different modalities of healing. And she had worked with crystals and I started really diving in Mm -hmm. and started working with them really intentionally, meditating with one for up to like three to six months, like worked really intensely with certain stones. Do you remember what one of those was? There were three in my beginning that were really influential. Rose quartz, labradorite, and carnelian. Labradorite was mine. Labradorite was a huge one for me. It was huge. That was the one that gave me the out-of-body experience. Yes. Full wizard. Like full wizard Merlin activation of gifts and insights and intuition and psychic abilities. And yes, the whole thing, the whole thing. (laughs) That's so funny. Uh Like the, like all the infinite universes that you can see inside the Labradorite, that's what it opened up inside of me too. Mm -hmm. So then from there, it was just, you know, it was kind of on and I've, uh, the crystals have taught me and I've learned from different people and different traditions, but also just directly from the minerals. Like Mm -hmm. they speak very clearly and their families and their groupings and they speak very clearly to me. Yeah. I was picking up on that with when I... I have your book at home, Crystal Healing for Women, A Modern Guide to the Power of Crystals for Renewed Energy, Strength, and Wellness. And as I was flipping through it, I was like, oh, it's it. the layout is somewhat similar to my animal power book, just in terms of like, you know, there's different crystals featured and different rituals and and how to work with them and, and things like that. And so, yeah, I was definitely picking up your connection and conversation ability with each of these stones. And so when did it begin to reveal to you? So you're deepening your rapport, you're deepening your studies. Was there a one moment in time where the truth that you're to steward these crystals and be an educator, like when did you realize, oh, this is, or is it your calling number one? And if it is, when did you realize that? I don't know that there was one moment that it, that it was, oh, this is this is the information that I'm meant to present. It was more so that 
I had cultivated this knowledge and I, and it just kept streaming in. Mm -hmm. And at that time, there weren't too many people teaching crystal classes or crystal meditations. And, and, and there really wasn't that much out there and people were hungry for it. So I was teaching at the den in LA Mm -hmm. and I just started teaching crystal classes and then started teaching crystal healer training programs. And it just kind of developed from there. I hadn't quite yet launched Astara and it just became part of my journey. And I really do feel I'm an, I'm an herbalist as well. And so much of the work that I do is with the plants, is with the minerals. And I just feel this really deep soul connection that I've known the crystals upon this planet for a very, very, very you long time. You were probably a crystal yourself before. Yes. Like you probably were like just embedded in the earth, tucked in a, like a little cranny for like a thousand years before. A hundred percent. And it's funny, they'll call, they call me to different places. And mm. I really find, I mean, even here in Austin, like once I got here, I realized, oh, the limestone had called and the consciousness of these different minerals will really call and activate us in these different places upon the world. Do you have any insight on the limestone since, you know, Luke and I also got called here and, you know, I think the waterways and the water energetics had something to do with it. I mean, I think there's a lot and... I haven't taken much time to like do a specific drop in to understand what this sonar, big sonar call is that's happening for so many of us. But yeah, one of the first things we learned is how dominant limestone is. It's fascinating. I've definitely tuned in a bit with the limestone here, but in terms of it's, it, it, it feels very connected with the waterways okay. and how it's, how it's structuring the, the water here specifically and the limestone here is so ancient so Mm. it's really this really deep ancient grounded energy that I believe is helping to anchor the frequency while there's all of this massive activation that's happening that makes sense so it's helping to like anchor and root while there's all of this explosive explosive is an intense word but this expansive creative energy that's coming out of the city as well. So it's like helping to hold in this ancient rooted way while there's all of this new coming out. Mm, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I was also fascinated. I had written this question down that I'm about to get into with you. And then I think in my last Google of your name, the answer revealed. And I was just like chuckling at home. I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to ask her about this. And it makes sense, but it still was unexpected when I first read it. I didn't realize you're like a former professional dancer. And I just started getting all these visions of you like (laughs) in dance studios, like busting out all these moves. And I was like, oh, oh. And I was almost like, you know, doing a little dance with you. And I I just am so curious. A couple of things. Number one, I just want to understand about the dance, what type of dance, because I saw that you had performed in like, I don't know, commercials or films or things like that, like totally linked into the entertainment industry with your dance, with your dance moves. (laughs) And then I also wanted to understand, I love, and I think it's really of service for the listeners, the community here with this, when they can understand those like transition stories, because I would 
would say almost all of us like that end up being spiritual teachers, mystics, shamans, whatever, crystal healers, authors, like we had a previous life, you know, I was a hip hop radio show host, like you were a dancer. And so I'd love for you to paint a little bit of a picture. Was there resistance as you pivoted your way over to crystal land from dance land? Like, how did that go for you? Yeah. Were you a hip hopper? I was a hip hopper. Oh my God. Yeah. I saw it. You did? I did. I saw you busting some moves I love out. It. Dance is my first love forever. Oh my God. The next time we're in the barn, yes. I want to see, yes. I want to dance with you. Yes. This is I great. I love that. Dance to me, it's it's channeling. Okay. It's moving energy and it's allowing natural spirit to move through. And I didn't really realize that until later because it is that thing that I just feel so expansive and free mm. and in my body and in fun and joy and play and flow. So I was classically trained in ballet and jazz and modern and then hip hop, lived in New York for a little bit. And then that's why I was out in LA for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So professionally, it was commercials, TV, film, videos, award shows. So like some of those commercials where there's dancers in the background and they're like flashing a pack of gum. Exactly. Like your Target commercials, subway commercials. Yeah. Award shows, all the things. This is great. Yeah. I want to see one so bad. Yeah. I'll send you some. Oh, great. And then it became a thing where, you know, I think around when like 2008, 2009, when the, when the crash started to happen, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. marketing budgets were cut and it just kind of things shifted in terms of there wasn't as much budget. People weren't paying us as much. I started to notice that friends that were a little bit older than I was on set were kind of trying to figure out, okay, now I'm in my early thirties and what do I want to do and where am I going to go? And specifically with dancing, you have a window of time where your body is at a particular space. And I actually left college early and just danced professionally for several years Mm -hmm. and then ended up going back later. So I found myself, it was kind of one of those things of, what do I want to do? What do I even like at this point? Dance had been my whole life. I trained really intensely for it and did it at a high level. And and then now what? You know, it was my whole identity. Mm -hmm. Like my whole identity was I'm a dancer. And, you know, with that also, I will say, you know, I had nutrition classes from age nine. We had Pilates classes. We had visualization classes. We had meditation classes. Mm -hmm. Like there was so much of my life that had been immersed in this connection of mind and body. Mm -hmm. And that really helped to influence my work later and specifically now. But from that, I went from dance, I went actually into fashion. So yes. So I went, I was like, well, I end up finding myself in the wardrobe department on set all the time, just because I've always loved clothes. I've always been an artist and just loved design and art and expression in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up going back to school for art with a fashion merchandising option, essentially, and started interning. And I ended up interning at these luxury fashion houses. So I was at Burberry for a while doing VIP PR. And then I was at Giorgio Armani. And then I went to Jimmy Choo and started working at Jimmy Choo. And then I was there for several years. And that was when my health started to fail because mm. I went from being a dancer and being out and about and moving all the yeah, time liberated. to then like at a desk 
all day long with like two phones on my body under fluorescent lights. And I was just like, and there's also a lot of stress and pressure in those yes. industries. Yeah. Like, especially cause I think it's at some point you were working in the marketing or PR, PR. For, and, yep. and that, yeah, I mean that there's a lot of expectation and you have to, you have to produce results. Otherwise you don't really have a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was really, yeah, it was high stress in a different way. To combat that, I started, I got a yoga certification and I was meditating more and I really started researching grounding and started researching earthing mm. to also combat like the health effects that, that being so stationary was causing. And that was when I had the download in a meditation for Astara for a grounding shoe that I wanted to wear, that my friends would want to wear, that felt luxury and had a very specific aesthetic and was supportive to the body and helped people connect to the frequency of the earth and helped people step intentionally into their day. I love it. So did this download come in before you started teaching the crystal courses and the meditations at the den. So yes. you got this download first. Yes. And I had no idea what to do with it. Oh, cool. Like the download came in, it actually came in into medicine circle. Mm. And was that in, in New York area? In LA. In LA. Okay. Yeah. And I had no idea what to do with it. Like came in and I was like, spirit. Great. Thank you. Beautiful download. Thank right. you for that. I have no idea. Shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no idea what to do with it, but cool. Thank you. Noted. And it wasn't until like a couple years later that it just, the idea wouldn't leave. It wouldn't go away. It just kind of kept being there in my field. Mm. And I remember speaking to a mentor at the time and in a, in a big transition. And I was like, well, you know, this idea keeps coming in for this, you know, uh, crystalline infused grounding shoe. And the second that I said it out loud, it was like, there was this, my whole field lit up. We both felt it. And it was this resonance of, okay, I'm going to step into stewarding this mm. idea through. Mm-hmm. And then that opened up to the exploration of all of it. I had, at that point, I had been teaching crystal classes. So I had been teaching. By the time you started to say more yes to the call. Yes. yes. I got it. So yes. everything, yeah, started to, uh, I don't know why the word coagulate just yes. came in, but yeah, things started to come to the magnetized center and inform you more clearly mm-hmm. and powerfully. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. So I feel like there's like another really helpful nugget for the soul fam listening in here around, because I totally relate to so much of your story. And when you're now speaking it more alive and more intentionally saying yes to answering this call, I guess what just popped in was not where I thought I was going to go with it. But I remember in the initial stages for me, when I first more intentionally said yes to my call, there were like some humbling experiences. I mean, there, there still are woven in, but especially in the beginning, you know, it was just like my whole old identities and ego had to just get more and more and more and more and more dismantled. Um, so I'm curious for you, do you recall any of that where like identity and ego were just taking a, taking a fun little beating there? I mean, <laughs> Yes. I think the identity is really interesting because I think when we continue to reinvent ourselves, what we attach to is so fascinating. Like even when I was in fashion, I remember the first year of working at working in fashion, I would always, when people would ask, what do you do? 
I'm in fashion, but I used to be a dancer. Mm. So it was this really interesting thing of what I was attaching to and what felt more resonance for me. Mm. And even transitioning then to, you know, to teaching. And I was teaching yoga at the time and meditation and, and crystal classes and starting to deepen different practices. I would then transition into, you know, I'm a meditation teacher but I just left my fashion job. So it was this interesting mm. thing of like what I was attaching to. And then it was interesting to play with that identity of who I am, what I'm doing, what I'm showing up in the world. And it was a really interesting transition for me around identity and around how people see you mm-hmm. based on what you quote unquote do. Uh-huh. And I remember so many times in LA of being at events and there was a time when I transitioned to more teaching and, and to really exploring, you know, what I wanted to offer the world. And there was about six months that I was just, I wasn't working and I was, and you know, luckily I had saved up savings. And so I was able to just to kind of explore and, and, and study and, and, learn at that time. And it was so fascinating to watch what people would respond to Mm. of when they meet you at a party in an event. And it's like, well, what do you do? I'm not really doing anything right now, you know, and it would almost be, or, or I'm studying or I'm exploring or I'm just traveling right now. And it was so fascinating to watch people almost like put you in a box or, or, mm-hmm. or want to label you at that moment yes. of what they could get from you, what they could, all of, all of the things. Yeah. And so it was so fascinating to play with that. And I think that that was a really good one for me of, that's good medicine of the ego of letting go of any of that and just really being fully in myself as an essence and yes. then informing what that moved into. That's so beautiful. I'm so happy that you shared that. I just want to see if there's any other part of that to kind of peer into before we change gears here. Yeah, it's so funny to watch like the human mind and just how so badly the brain wants to like you said, like categorize or identify or label or put into a box, you know, the ego's desirous attempt to want to, I think behind that is like it wants to feel safe. And and so in order for the ego to feel safe, it wants to put people into, into labels and descriptions and boxes, primarily from what do you do? What is your job? And, you know, I'm not like faulting any of us because I've certainly done it before too. But yeah, especially when you're at gatherings or events or parties, it's very typically one of the first or top three questions that come out of people's mouths is like, so what do you do? And I just, I don't know why I'm just, I'm so fascinated about that part of human behavior. And, and yeah, I've talked, I mean, I've dealt a lot through the dissection and the medicine of titles and names, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with me being assigned, you know, for over a decade now Mm -hmm. to specifically call myself a shaman Mm -hmm. and being given the medicine name rockstar shaman. It's Mm -hmm. like, I've gone on a whole shamanic journey continuously with that. And I've also talked with a lot of other guests and just friends off camera too about this one specific piece of like, and, and, and some people are so much more resistant. Like I, well, hmm, maybe that's in sacred space. I shouldn't share, but it's just, that's a really big piece of, of people finding their way. And when they can feel that there's a call for them to share, especially more publicly and be of service with spiritual gifts, that one piece of then trying to identify what you call yourself, how you describe your work, is there a title involved? It's, it's a big 
piece of the puzzle. It is a big piece and it's, I found it to be really challenging. Mm -hmm. Why for you? Because I think, yeah, this, we're, we're in a, a good area here for folks, I think. Because sometimes I don't feel that the title or the, because I feel like such a multi-hyphenate, yeah. I feel sometimes the title can actually constrict totally to the totality of what wants to come through. Yeah. I mean, the truth is like, yeah, none of us quote unquote should have any titles, right? Because mm-hmm. we're all so multidimensional mm-hmm. and multi-talented and I totally agree. And so, yeah, yet we're living in this time, you know, th- this modern world, this modern time where, you know, y- even when I was growing up, like, I think I was in college when I got my first cell phone. And so it's like, I've been able to witness this drastic shift in social engagement with social media mm-hmm. platforms and just mm-hmm. everything changing. Yeah. And, and the more and more of us are, are being asked to answer these calls and to be of service for people. And so if you have a website, if you're, if you are one of those people blending spirituality and entrepreneurship and you have an Instagram and you have a website, it's like, something needs to live there. There, there are typically words needed and, and pictures needed yet. Yes. It can feel so not at all the, the full truth of who you are because yeah, even for me, even though shaman is a, is a big, broad title, I am, yeah, I am so much more than that too. And I, and I'm also very human. And I Mm -hmm. always like to remind Mm -hmm. people of that Mm -hmm. in every interview I do, like, I honor the human in me just as much as I mm-hmm. honor the mm-hmm. shaman in me. And so, yeah, because when I went to, I was trying to figure out like what to call you. And I saw that, I think I had originally put down like crystal, I don't remember if I put like crystal educator, but anyways, yeah, I saw somewhere it's used for you, Reiki master, crystal healer. And obviously you're an author. So yeah, I mean, even when you hear me say it out loud right now, like, does it feel for right now, like those are okay enough or? Yes. And I would even say, you know, I I think I called myself as well, like a wellness designer for a long time, because then you bring in the shoes and it's, Mm. then you just start to get all of these slashes. Mm -hmm. So I think for a minute, I I, I called myself like a multi-hyphenate healing artist, which felt, which felt truthful. Yeah. But then you run into the potential problem of people not understanding what that means. What that means. A hundred percent. And they don't know what to go. If they're feeling your energy and your light and radiance, but then they read that and they don't understand, then they might not lean in or reach out or send an email because they don't don't get it. And it's, it's challenging. (laughs) And I have, I, I will say I have a hard time with this, especially even with social media of like, what do we put on our bat? Like, what is the bio? What yes. is that? What is that quick little thing? And I probably, I, I mean, after this interview, like I feel like I'll go <laughs> higher. Like I should, I need a copywriter to like write it because maybe yeah. it just doesn't, you know, it's maybe, and maybe right now it's still weaving together. Yeah. Maybe this new expression of self is, you know, maybe that next title is about to be born with, which feels resonant. Like, as I'm saying that out loud, like it does feel like that next space is coming soon that possibly weaves it all together. And, yeah, and yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, <laughs> I love that. So let's see. I have so much that I want to dive into and we're already a half hour in. So let me see which, what's really... 
Um, so yeah, I was curious, was when you tune into this question around what crystal pops into your mind when you think of one that's really been a really potent, powerful guide and guiding support for you for whatever reason, for whatever part of your life, what crystal came in? Mm, as you're saying that right now, it's funny. Rose quartz, mm-hmm. which is, I will say with that particular stone, because I had worked with it so intensely, it's one of those relationships that continues to deepen over time. And I think it's one like clear quartz that's often overlooked and so powerful mm-hmm. in healing. And the more that I continue to work with it, the more there's these layers that continue to open up Mm -hmm. within myself, within my relationship with the stone. That's been one that at the relationship over years has deepened and it's been a really beautiful unfolding into the layers. Because I think sometimes when we, when we tune into crystals, we just think it's almost like one note. And there's so many layers too with them that they help to unfold within ourselves that it, it that's been one particularly that has continued to deepen and develop. Maybe that's why you wore all dusty rose pink yes, today. Yes, maybe. Tuning in, you wore your little pink uh, yeah. mid-tops. Yes. The rose quartz was like, talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get some love. I give I so much to... love to everybody else. <laughs> I guess, like, that's how her voice is, <laughs> FYI. That's how rose quartz talks. Hey. <laughs> um, I also really love her so much because she is powerful. Yeah, that's why I was so glad my crystal designer friend, jewelry designer friend, Asha Patel, who I was telling you about before we pressed record, she makes beautiful pieces. Yeah. And so she, in the gift bags for my animal power book release party is putting for everyone that's coming a a handmade rose quartz necklace. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, because to me, ultimately, like if, if I had, especially right now with all that's going on in the world, if somebody said like, you can only pick one crystal to like give to everyone in the world, it might be rose quartz. Mm-hmm. I would actually, I would, I would agree with you on that. Can you share a little bit for people new to rose quartz, like some of the healing attributes and messages of it? Rose quartz to me is the emanation of pure unconditional love. And from that space of pure unconditional love, bringing a really deep harmonic balance and peace and serenity. And in that, helping to release traumas and helping Mm -hmm. to release sadness and grief and really open the heart to a deeper understanding of truth and, and oneness and love and this beauty that is available to us. And within that, it really, to me, is, is the yeah, the true essence of unconditional love and the mm-hmm. true essence of oneness and the beauty of life and the beauty of true love and love for the self and love for other and love for the beloved. Like it really is that frequency of unconditional love mm-hmm. that then can be represented in a myriad of different ways. You know, the love of cookie, the love of a romantic partner, the love of self, the love of God, the love of the trees. Like it really just emanates that pure vibration of love that is so healing. And it reminds me of, you know, what I've definitely known to be true throughout my earth walk that there's greater power and gentleness because Mm -hmm. it's like when you look at the rose Mm -hmm. quartz it's like this light pale pink and it's soft but like 
do not mistake that softness and gentleness for weakness. Like it's actually one of the most powerful stones. And I think that that just in life is a true statement. You know, when I am less constricted, less attached, less rigid, and when I just soften and release and open up, I'm way more powerful. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Rose Quartz. Mm-hmm. So let's cover a couple more. For some reason, I wanted to bring this malachite. I love that. Yeah, my sister has gotten so. Oh my god, I should. Put, no, I should. Maybe I should. I was about to say I should put you in touch with her, but then you might be getting a barrage of messages. But she is popping off with the crystals Amazing. right now. I love it. Like it's incredible. So she's loving this relationship that's growing for her, and she sent Luke and I some for our new home, and mm-hmm. then most recently. Recently, she sent me a picture of this one. I was like, oh, that one actually really speaks to me. So she sent it to me. But can you tell a bit about this cool green malachite? Malachite, it really helps to transmute, not necessarily traumas, but we can we can say experiences of the heart that, that wish to be alchemized into something different. Mm-hmm. So it really helps to to alchemize, to mulch, to release, and not in a like a like a black tourmaline, like mm. mulchy underworld way, in a more like effervescent way of the heart. So it's a beautiful heart stone. It's really great for transition. It's really great for moving through situations of change, of heartbreak, of moving from the past into the now, into the future mm. of what, what is, you know, from the heart space, what, what is, what are the stories that need to be seen and held and resolved and maybe let go of? And what are, what are we opening up the heart into more? So it really is this beautiful, just like open heart expansion of What's next? Well, that's a bullseye for, you know, now I understand more deeply. I was like, oh yeah, that Malachite's really talking to me. Now I understand why, (laughs) you know, just all the initiations at the tail end of last year, really propelling me into just talk about, you know, new ideas and Mm -hmm. new ways of experiencing myself and experiencing life. And the fact that I'm like so jazzed on, you know, I don't know, for some reason in all these podcasts, I just love talking about making homemakers cool again. And I'm just like, Where is that coming from? And why am I so, I'm like lit up about it. Yes. Uh, Cause yeah, I just, I think there's no more powerful job in the world than being a homemaker. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. that there's so much mm-hmm. that goes with being a homemaker mm-hmm. and I, I think I get fired up about it because part of me is angry that especially over here in our society in the U.S., like somewhere along the way, homemaking got really pushed to like the bottom of the totem pole. And speaking of when you mm-hmm. go to the parties and say what you do, typically people are ashamed and won't even say that, quote unquote, all they do is, is a homemaker, mm-hmm. like, the, like the, that's something to be embarrassed of. And it's like, how did we arrive to that place? Who brainwashed us and who got us here? Yeah, it gives me chills. I mean... Or, or it's like, I, I don't work. I'm a, I'm a mom. Yeah. Or I don't, you know, what, how does that become literally bottom of the totem pole? Yeah. Yep. So let's talk about one of, you brought one of your pair of Astara sandals in, and I happen to have the same pair that has carnelian. Mm-hmm. For those that are watching the video, I will do, I'm learning how to do OOTD shamanic <laughs> um, outfit videos on Instagram. And I also used to be a TV host, so I will work <laughs> my Vanna hands as she explains a bit about carnelian. I like it with your sweater. Oh yeah. You know, it's really cute. It is really cute. And I, I almost wore these today because it looks so perfect yeah. with it, but it's cold, so it's freaking cold. cold out. I know. 
So these are carnelian, and this is the first crystal grid shoe that I made, and I love working with grids. And so with this particular shoe, there is a center power stone, and then they radiate out in a sacred geometric form. And carnelian is an activator stone. So it is very energizing, activating. It's great for the sacral chakra. It's great for creativity. It is uh, beautiful for creation of all types. It really helps to balance hormones Hmm. and bring forth new life. That's cool. Yeah, I I love it. And I love your sandals so much. So while we're talking about them, could you explain a little bit about the magic of what makes them so unique? Because I remember, well, let me backtrack a little. So getting together with Luke, I have learned a lot about biohacking Mm -hmm. and, you know, grounding and having our home shielded from EMFs and all these things that I know that you're passionate about as well. And there's another company that had sent me some grounding sandals and they're, and they're great. And like, I love them and appreciate them, but they're not the prettiest. And so when I got introduced to you and then saw what you made and that they're also grounding, I thought, well, it's a little bit more my, my style. So not only are they beautiful, they all have different crystals placed on them and, and infused in them, but there's these other unique qualities as well. Yeah. So there's a component in the sole of the shoe and the, the metatarsal. So it's right here in the bottom of the sole that has been programmed to resonate at 7.83 hertz, which is the Schumann resonance, which Mm. is the natural frequency of the earth. And studies have shown that when we're in connection with that resonance, inflammation lowers within the body, our circadian rhythm has a better chance of normalizing, helps sleep, it helps lower stress. It just really helps bring the body into that natural state of balance. Mm. And it's something that is really subtle. I find that people who are really sensitive do notice a difference of, oh, I just feel a little bit better when I wear the shoes. But it's a similar feeling of, you know, walking barefoot or being on the sand where Mm. it's not like you're noticing this huge jolt of energy. You're not, you know, oh my God, I feel amazing. But you just feel a little bit more grounded. You feel a little bit more centered. You feel in your body. There is a balancing that occurs. So when I was developing the shoes, it was one of those things of what kind of component or or how would that grounding quality come in? And when we're working with copper or we're working with like a grounding plug, so to speak, that copper is a conductor of, mm-hmm. of energy mm-hmm. and copper, you know, a lot of the grounding shoes will have a copper piece on the bottom of the shoe and then it, it goes through to the toes so you can actually feel that copper. The only trouble with that is that you can really only get that resonance of the earth when you're on grass or when you're actually on the earth. So Mm -hmm. concrete blocks it. If you're traveling, if you're in the air, if you're in a city walking on asphalt, you're not going to get that connection. So it's really only if you're walking on the shoes on grass or on sand or on actually the earth, right? So that was why working with the technology and working with the specific company that I work with to embed the soles with the specific component is so when you're traveling, when you're in a city, like my whole thing was how how can I get city dwellers connected to that frequency mm-hmm. when we're so disconnected as is? So that component is in the solar shoe and then each shoe has a different crystal on top of it as well. Yeah. So each we have the grounding component and then we also have the crystal component. So really working with, you know, the, 
the the crystalline energies and then the grounding energies. And it was interesting when I when I launched Astara, really nobody cared about grounding. Like mm. it was like they did like they didn't get it. Now it's huge. Now it's a big thing. So I really led with the crystals. Yeah. Like that that was that was an entry point that once I launched was I think an easier like people had an easier way of understanding it. Yeah. And now I think also after 2020, because we're all on our computers more and, and 5G and all of this stuff, people are like, oh, okay, yeah, grounding is really important and staying connected to that frequency really helps the body. Yep. So now we're having a different conversation, which is really great. I love that. So I have never had this happen, but she needs to poop. I can tell. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to take a brief <laughs> poop break. Take cookie out. She's panting like a fiend, and I can tell she's got a, a movement yeah. that's wanting to let's, escape. Let's get her moving. So stand by. Hey, it's time for today's microdosing moment where I share about a product that's truly changed my life. Today, it's all about Lotus Way sacred flower elixirs and essences. I love the founder. She's a master flower alchemist, scours the planet for us to be able to use the world's most powerful healing flowers, blended into delicious tinctures, aura mist, bath salts, and so much more. Today, I want to share my new favorite. It's called Sacred body. It's an elixir and a facial mist, and it has nine different flower remedies for rapid detox, self-healing, including yarrow for vitality, pink lotus for wisdom, crown flower to remove toxins, and so much more. When I use the sacred body elixir and put the dropper full underneath my tongue. And also when I use the sacred body facial mist, I truly feel cleared of any negative energies. I feel revitalized, nourished, uplifted. I feel like I've got new healthy boundaries all around me. I truly, truly believe in Lotus Way. So when you go to their website, that's lotusway.com, you can use code MYSTIC at checkout. That is all capital letters, M-Y-S-T-I-C. Code MYSTIC at checkout. You will get yourself a Soul Fam discount. Much love, guys. We are now back after that doggy poo-poo commercial break. <laughs> Okay, Whew. that was a that woke me up a little bit. It's freezing outside today. So I would love to get into every once in a while, I will do listener questions. So I did this for you. Amazing. So yeah, on my Instagram, for some guests, I'll just say, hey, so-and-so is about to come on. If you have any questions for them, ask away. And a lot came in. So I have not given Mariah any heads up on these. They all seemed pretty good, pretty smart. Let's see here. Where do I want to begin? Oh, you kind of touched on this one with the carnelian. You said it helped balance hormones. So this one ties in good. At Spirited Away 21 asks, are there any crystals that help for male or female infertility? Hmm. Infertility is definitely like a tricky one. And I get really cautious with medical advice with crystals. So I'm just going to preference with that, that I am not a medical doctor. However, there are specific crystals that will support energetic healing and balancing for certain physical 
ailments and disorders. Rose quartz is great. Carnelian is incredible for female hormones. Ruby is one of my absolute mm. all-time favorite stones. That feels awesome. Ruby is amazing. Ruby, you can get really cost-effective raw rubies and place them right on the sacral chakra, right on the womb or for men. I love ruby more for women, but it is a very, very high potent, powerful stone for fertility and for activation. So it's a really beautiful stone to use in the womb space and to use also by the, by the testes. So Ruby is great. Moonstone also is a really great one to, to help regulate cycles. Hmm. That makes sense. At first I was surprised, but that makes sense, I guess. Rainbow Moonstone. You can also do Rhodochrosite is a great one and Topaz. Orange topaz is a really beautiful one for activation as well, but my go-to is always Ruby. Nice. All right. How about at Paige Pitchler? I think she asked a couple, but I'm sure this one comes up a lot for you because I've even been asked it in terms of finding where can you find ethically sourced crystals? Because that seems to be growing in concern for folks. It definitely is growing in concern with reason. So you know, when we're working with crystals, we always want to make sure that we're understanding that these are gifts of the earth and that we are not taking more than we need and that there is an intention for working with them. I like to know where the crystals are coming from. So when I go to trade shows, when I go to, you know, gem and mineral shows, I really prefer to buy stones from miners themselves that mm. are that are going out that either own the land or that are going out to specific places where they have the rights to mine. Love that. That's really important. And so do you have like, if someone's like, well, I don't know any miners, like, are there any places you recommend? Are there any online shops? There is. One of my favorite actually is called um, Zala Crystals and they're out of Australia for those. They do ship internationally, but they work with very specific mines in India and they go there and most of the crystals they mine themselves. All of our crystals at Astara in our kits have been ethically sourced and we have, you know, I have really strong connections with either the miners themselves or they're all family run businesses. So I I really make a point that, you know, if you're buying stones off of Amazon and it's like $10, it's like $9.99 for 30 clear quartz Mm. chances are it's either laboratory made or it's not you know it's coming from a a little bit of a wonky place so as crystals absorb energy and information from their environment they're also absorbing then the intention of the person who's mining them how they're mined the energy around you know the environment where they're mined from every single step of the way. Mm -hmm. So it really will contribute to the overall vibration and frequency of the stone if it is handled in a, in a, um, intentional and conscious way. Got it. And these next two kind of go together. I was curious because I had never felt this to be true or heard this to be true, but a colleague of mine, we were with another friend and he really wanted to buy like this crystal mala necklace. And at the bottom of it, there was like a main like crystal amulet. And it had like, I don't, I forget how to say the word properly, if it's striations or striations, whatever that word is. And there was like a crack in the center or like somewhere in the crystal. Um, and I was like, oh, that's, that's a beautiful necklace. And he really spoke to him and he wanted to get it, but she was like, oh no, no, no way, no way. Like you should never buy a crystal with a crack. And I just was like, is that really true? I don't know. It didn't, I was like, eh, my inside was like, 
I don't buy that because like crystals are natural. I mean, there's all sorts of aspects to them. What's 100%. You, okay. And I think that there, you know, there can be broad stroke, quote unquote, rules, if you will. But like you said, they naturally are going to form. There's going to be natural cracks in them. There's going to be, you know, water molecules or different, you know, different inclusions that, that occur within different crystals. I always go to base foundation. If you're really drawn to a crystal and it's literally calling you, that's a crystal you should be working with. Mm -hmm. So if you're really called to it, if it has a crack in it, if it's broken, if it's whatever, work with that energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the exact form that it's presenting to you. Absolutely. Because there could be something really medicinal in the fact that it has that crack. Absolutely. And they still can grow, which is so weird. Mm. They, I mean, they're not going to like massively grow. Take over your home. No, no. (laughs) But they can begin to shift in a way. And we can see this often with clear quartz. If if there's disharmony in the home or if or if someone is moving through a lot, sometimes the crystals will actually absorb that energy. And we can see it more so with clear quartz where it'll become a bit milky or cloudy or it'll have more inclusions within it. Mm. So they're not completely stagnant that it's just stuck, right? There's so much that goes into it that I really go on like a very base foundation level of if you're drawn to a crystal, regardless of the form that it comes in, there is medicine for you there. There is some dialogue that is potentially supportive for you. Love that. And this ties into the last two answers, but I still want to ask it. At Dre, I don't know if it's Dr. Lana I I don't know, Dre, Lana, Joanne, sometimes it's hard to read people's handles on printed paper. She asked, can you buy a bad crystal? I know that that's like a funny way to ask it, but is there such a thing as like a... So I would say I don't look at things as like good or bad. I would look at like a frequency level that yeah. there could be ones that are more denser or have a more dense polarity than like a higher frequency stone. And that could also relate to, again, how it was mined, where it came from, if it was programmed before with some intention or malintent. There can be, you know, certain frequencies within certain stones. Is it bad? <laughs> No, but it may not be, it just may have a very particular frequency to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Since there's so many good ones, I'm just going to keep cranking some out here. So I'm going to blend two together. At Poonam asks, do crystals have a lifespan? And then I just had on my general list of questions for you, for you to share about proper cleansing techniques. So if you can just kind of go into both of those. Mm -hmm. So lifespan, I'm going to speak to a little bit in two different ways. So one, yes and no. So they can have an energetic lifespan, if you will, where oftentimes like there are crystals that I've had that want to go back into the earth, that maybe they've done their work. Uh. They, 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 they presented the medicine, the information to, to me, to possibly others. And it's time for them to go back in the earth and I will bury them or put them in the ocean and they will go back in. So that, um, and this is a knowing that you can just feel and sense and it's communicated to you and you honor that. They communicate. Yeah. They, I, I hear them in that way. And 
in terms of, say the second question. Oh, if um, proper cleansing techniques. And I know it might be different for different uh, crystals too. Yes. Lastly, with the life of the crystal, they can have different stages of life as well, right? So they can have different energies. I had an amethyst that one time I dropped and I broke in half and the energy of that stone did change and it did shift. And so the quote unquote life had evolved into a new expression of that stone. Okay. I don't necessarily say that like crystals have karmas, so to speak, but there are, um, on an evolutionary standpoint, each, each crystal and each group of family also has a purpose and a meaning and a reason for being here on the planet at this time. And they each have their different stages and phases of contributing to the evolution of consciousness. Mm-hmm. With that, there's certain reasons that the stone, there's certain stones that are being discovered now because the consciousness on the planet is at a space to be able to integrate and work with them. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so yeah, so the way that we're working with crystals is continuing to change as well. Love that. With the proper cleansing techniques, because I know that, you know, there are some crystals that you shouldn't put in water and then Mm -hmm, there's some that are mm -hmm, great for mm -hmm, bath. mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. I guess they're probably all okay with like a light smoke wafting from incense or Palo Santo to clear. If you feel like the energetics of your crystal just need a bit of sprucing up, what are a couple of other ways? I guess you could use a shamanic rattle or drum, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sing to it. Sound, smoke, water, salt, earth right. are all elements that, that can cleanse. That's like the, the most like natural and, and obvious one that I always kind of forget that like you could bury your crystals back in the earth and let them yep. go back in their home yep. for a little bit. I yep. always forget that one. And I like to, I like to keep them in the earth for a full moon cycle. So it's nice to kind of keep them in for the full cycle. And with the cleansing with the water, quickly, a good rule of thumb is that anything that ends in an ITE and an ITE should not really be put in water. So selenite, celestite, malachite. Apophyllite. Apophyllite. So with malachite, and I will say this because this the detox bath ritual in my book does have malachite and it was a whole thing with like reviews on Amazon. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a whole thing. We actually in the second edition had to change it because when I wrote it, so malachite raw, like the raw dust of malachite. This one, you know, has some raw in it, but you're not supposed to put into water. However, when it's tumbled, right. it closes the pores up. Right. So it's not released into the water. Oh, folks are getting up in People arms. People got so upset about it. And so it's been one of those things where there's such nuance in there. But that's hilarious that that's the one crystal I brought for the isn't interview. is funny? I mean, I could have brought, I probably have like 80 different crystals. Like I want to bring one. One malachite. Well, it's funny because it was also so specific that it wanted to be included in that. Like I could have also used so many other stones. Right. And so I used that and smoky quartz and I was like, okay, this is going to go through. And I knew again, tumbled if it's, it closes the pores completely safe. It's fine. People just like lost, lost it. And that's okay. It was, it happened, you know, it had to be whatever. I had no idea that was part of your book journey. Yeah. It's funny. Oh my goodness. Let's do a couple more and then we will do your closing practice. Uh, It's hard not to ask that one because she's talking about Labradorite, but let me see. I mean, this one again, and for a lot of these, like I know there's so many ways to answer and some of these are so general, but at Samaste, Jacqueline asked, I mix all crystals, clear quartz, rose quartz, amethyst, and I lay them out in my home. Is that is that good? And I guess it's like, I mean, not that I'm trying to answer for you, but it's, I mean, again, I'm the same. I don't like to label things as good or bad. And 
And yeah, it's like, depending upon what you're going through in life, if those are the ones that are speaking to you, like I am a big fan of trusting your intuition and your own inner wisdom. And if you feel like those are the three that need to be in your home, like that's what you have to, to trust. So it's, it's not bad or. No, it's not bad. I will say that there are different stones. There are certain stones that will, that will kind of clash almost like musical notes. Okay. And if you're getting called to work with those, work with those and start to pay attention to how the freak frequency changes as we start to group crystals together it creates like a third tone mm, of the two of them together I right see. so it's almost like colors like if you make you know red and blue makes purple so you have two stones together they each have their individual frequency and then the combination of the two creates a third frequency okay I love so that. sometimes that third frequency you know it's just interesting to pay attention to how it feels okay when you're bringing different tones together and for people that want to go deeper because I know in your book you talk about making crystal grids and things and so I'm sure there's more information about like the merging and blending mm-hmm. of different crystal friends together. This one's cool. I know at Light Bang, he was my photographer in Sedona and all he wrote was favorite experiences, but I am kind of curious. I know we've talked about some stories in your own personal journey with working with crystal allies, but in this moment, is there one coming up where, I don't know, in a Reiki crystal session with someone else or I mean, whatever, a favorite experience? I think one of my favorite experiences actually was, thank you for speaking, this is, this is triggered, wasn't a Reiki healing actually. It was one of the first times that three crystals channeled through that I had actually never worked with. Oh. So it was, a, it was a first experience of having their energy and consciousness channel through in a way that I was able to understand their tone and actually move that energy through my body without having worked with them or known them mm. personally. So that was fun. What was one of the three? Spirit quartz, actually. What's I I don't I'm not very familiar with that one. I it's it's not it's not one that I would generally work with because it has been heated and treated, and oh. I I tend to work with natural stones that haven't had any sort of man-made. I'm the same. Complicate uh, not complications, just like additions to them. Yeah. So it hadn't been one that I worked with, but it it is it's really beautiful. I mean, it looks almost like an angel aura quartz, and it has a really beautiful sort of ethereal angelic energy to it okay and yeah three stones just presented and so it was able to like move that energy through and it was the energy that this particular client needed at that time and was calling in and so it also started to help in terms of and we'll do this with the meditation that we're going to do of really tuning to yes these are physical tools and we can tune into them on an energetic level that we don't necessarily need you know the actual physical tool mm-hmm. in the 3D world to be mm-hmm. able to attune to the energy. We can tune into the energy energetically, psychically to help balance our body as well. Mm-hmm. Aho. Yeah. It reminded me of our little dip in, you know, two minute meditation that we did before where neither one of us needed to say anything. We just knew what we were doing and then we're like, okay, press record. <laughs> yeah. I love when you don't have to talk, <laughs> says the podcast host. Yeah. Um, but I truly do like to not talk as much anymore. The last question, then we'll do the meditation for 2022. You know, what are a couple of crystals that you would most recommend just in general, overall, very supportive for these now times? 
What's coming in right now is pyrite is coming in, mm. Herkimer diamond, rose quartz, and tourmaline. Watermelon tourmaline is coming in right now. So cool. those, are, those are three specifically. I love four. the watermelon one. It's mm-hmm. so pretty. It really does. It's watermelony colors. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'll just have to have you back on because there's 50,000 other questions <laughs> we didn't get to. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to this meditation. So I will let you tell us if there's anything. Of course, if you're driving, I say this every time, but obviously don't do the guided meditation while you're driving or operating machinery. Pause or pull over. And then aside from lay down, sit up, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah. So, well, you can either lay down or, or stay seated and we're going to, we're going to tune into three different stones and we're going to allow the energy of these stones to infuse the body and infuse your energetic field. And one of the stones I just want to speak to specifically, Herkimer diamond, it was coming in before when I was tuning into which stones wanted to come in for the meditation today. And it was funny when you opened up my book earlier, it was you opened up right to Herkimer Diamond. So I was like, oh, perfect. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. All right. So wherever you are, just allowing yourself to begin to settle in, closing your eyes, just allowing your breath to deepen. Now I want you to remember that you have crystalline structures within your body, within your bones, within your teeth, within your pineal gland, within your ears. You are made of crystalline structures. So when we tune into the energies within the stones, within the minerals, these are energies that are available and are within you. They are activating what is already within you. They are not giving you anything that you don't already have. And just let yourself continue to soften. Let your belly expand with your breath. Taking one more deep inhale. And exhaling all the way out. And bringing your awareness to the base of your spine and wherever your body is connected to the cushion, couch, chair, perhaps your bed, just the point of contact with the ground. And just allowing your body to soften in to this space. And as your breath continues to deepen, bring your awareness now to your root. And I want you to visualize a ruby six inches in front of your root chakra. So the base of your spine This can be six inches in front of your body. Perhaps behind your body, what feels good for you. And really see the richness of this ruby. And it is 
right in front of your root, six inches. Just suspended in air. And it's radiating out a beautiful, beautiful red glow. The ruby begins to spin on its axis. So it is rotating clockwise, radiating that energy out in all directions. And this energy, this beautiful, nourishing vitality radiating from this ruby weaves into your body. And then it moves right into your root. It goes down to your hips, down your legs, your knees, down to your ankles, your toes. And it continues to make its way up your body. Filling your body with this beautiful, nourishing, vibrant ruby. Filling your cells filled with this vitality. And the ruby continues to spin on its axis, its light and radiance infusing your body. And I want you now to bring your attention and awareness up to your heart. And visualize a rose quartz six inches in front of your heart center. This beautiful pink light and the energy emanating out from this rose quartz. And this softness, this harmonizing pink rose quartz energy begins to Weave its way into your heart. And this rose quartz also begins to spin on its axis, continuing to radiate in all directions as its energy and light infuses your body. Moving in to your heart, spreading to your shoulders, down your arms, to your fingertips, down your abdomen, stomach, hips, and it beautifully weaves in with that ruby that is still circulating throughout your body. So this beautiful mix 
of rose quartz and ruby continues to spread throughout your body. And there's this softness and gentleness, this peace. that continues to move up your neck to your face, your head, and all the way down to your toes. And the ruby is continuing to spin on its axis. And the rose quartz is continuing to spin on its axis. And we bring our attention and awareness now up to the crown of your head, the very top of your head, six inches above your head. And I want you to envision a Herkimer diamond. And the Herkimer diamond is clear and brilliant. And there are specks of gold within. And this Herkimer diamond above your crown is also rotating on its axis, clockwise, radiating this brilliance, this clarity, this strength and power this purity out. And the light from this Herkimer diamond begins to make its way down into the crown of your head. Weaving into your pituitary gland, to your pineal gland. This energy of this Herkimer diamond, this really high frequency, pure light spreading down into your throat, down into your heart, down your arms, and beautifully weaving in with that rose quartz and ruby. And the Herkimer continues to make its way, weaving down your body into your hips, your legs, your knees, your ankles, down to your toes. And allow yourself to take a few moments to really feel this Herkimer diamond within your body, the clarity, the brilliance, the light. And attuning to that Herkimer above your crown, the rose quartz in front of your heart center, and the ruby at your root, at your base. Just allowing these three energies 
to infuse your body, infuse your cells, infuse your field with their love, with their radiance, vitality, purity, and harmony. And if there is one thing that you would like to say to yourself, a gratitude or an I love you, take a moment now to say that internally. And take a deep, slow, big breath all the way in, filling your abdomen, your belly, filling your lungs, and exhaling all the way out. One last deep breath all the way in, and exhaling out. And remembering that you can come back to this feeling, you can call upon these stones, these minerals of the earth at any time to infuse your body, to infuse your field. And one last deep breath all the way in. And exhaling out. And when you're ready, just beginning to open up your eyes, coming all the way back. Oh, that was such a good voyage. I loved oh, meeting Ruby in a deeper way. I was like, oh. She's amazing. I really enjoyed yeah. her. There's yeah. like no words for it, but it's, mm. I just liked it. Mm. She's like empress queen yes. energy to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And also like super mystical. I mean, all crystals mm-hmm. are mystical, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like Arabia or mm-hmm. something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dripping in Ruby. Movies in Arabia. <laughs> if yeah. I could write a next book or make a movie, a dripping in rubies in Arabia. That's a great title. That is an amazing title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Ruby. And yeah, just the, to feel the blending of all three of them, um, such a lovely activation and journey. And the message that came in for myself at the end was really supportive for, for me. And so, yeah, that was so nice. Beautiful. So nice. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Well, um, as everyone who are regular listeners, you all know that I put um, the guests information, you know, where you can get crystal healing for women, you know, Instagram handles, but still, if you could speak it aloud so they can receive it in both ways, written form and auditory as well. Yes. Crystal healing for women is sold wherever books are sold. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon, I can be found at Mariah K. Lyons. Astara is at Astara, A-S-T-A-R-A. The Mm. website is astarakollective.com. And my website is Mm mariahklyons.com. 
As we wrap and close this beautiful Ceremony Circle Voyage, currently, in terms of how people can connect with you more, like, is it mainly through the book right now or, you know what I mean? Like, yes, through the book and through Astara. Mm-hmm. I do very small private mentorships every quarter. And then I have been teaching crystal healer training programs about twice a year. Okay. So potentially looking to do that towards you know the fall cool like again okay all right thank you sister thank you love you dearly can't (laughs) wait to just continue being friends sitting in ceremonies singing pulling cards doing all the things Uh, all right so much love to all you guys and thank you so much for sitting with us today woo what a beautiful powerful voyage that was it truly brings me so much joy and activates and lights me up to be able to sit with these incredible teachers, leaders, and masters from all over the world. So to learn more about them, just head to my website where all of the show notes and their details are listed. That's alisoncharles.com, A-L-Y-S-O-N-C-H-A-R-L-E-S.com. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle Podcast so unique is that at the end of every single episode, you're able to immerse in a potent guided ritual practice or ceremony for your empowerment. So please feel free to make note of the practices that you really resonate with, the ones that really light up your soul and come back to those episodes anytime, any day. You can use them as your daily practices. And I recommend starting your day with one of them at your altar space. Ah, it's been an honor voyaging with you today. And I would so truly appreciate if you'd open your heart to take a quick few seconds to drop a review on Apple, sharing what you love most or appreciate most about Ceremony Circle Podcast. Receiving those reviews is so helpful and allows us to continue to share this valuable content. And don't forget, if you haven't already gotten your copy of my new best-selling book, Animal Power, you can do so anywhere books are sold, or I most recommend going to my website. Again, that's allisoncharles.com backslash animal power, because when you purchase for you and your friends there, you get a free video guided shamanic journey to meet your current power animal that I facilitate. Animal Power Book is a modern day compendium featuring 100 different power animals, what each animal represents, their wisdom messages for you, guided practices, and stories from all over the world. I personally put the book up to my heart each morning at my altar, and I ask which animal most wants to work with me that day. And then I simply close my eyes and flip the book open to the page I'm guided. And let me tell you, I have been deeply moved to tears on many occasions, and I can't wait for you to experience it as well. I worked on this book for many, many years, and it's now my greatest honor to have it available for you. So anytime animals reveal themselves for you, you can just head to Animal Power Book and see what that animal is trying to get your attention for. All right, Soul Fam, let's unite again in our next episode coming out next week so we can sit together and continue to activate greater consciousness energies for everyone. Much love.
This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.